Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you guys want to sit down. You guys are already sitting down. So, so um, Jesus is not a Jedi. Can I, is everybody clear on that? I, I want to get started with that. Jesus is not a Jedi. Uh, today's message is Return of the Jedi, but Jesus is far more powerful than a Jedi. He's far more powerful even than the Force. Now, Jesus isn't a Jedi. Jesus is God. And so we're going to be talking about the return of Jesus a lot more than Return of the Jedi. Uh, but as we've been doing for these past few weeks, we're going to be using that movie, uh, this well-known story in our culture, uh, to apply the gospel to it and, and to, uh, to talk about Jesus' coming today. And uh, really, that's what the season of Advent is all about, a time of waiting expectantly for the coming of Jesus. So as we do that, we'll be drawing some parallels between the story of Star Wars and the story of our salvation, the story of our redemption uh, through Jesus Christ. So uh, today, I'd specifically like to talk about how Jesus has been with us, uh, how he's with us now, and then especially focus in on how Jesus will be with us when he returns. So uh, in this season of Advent, we sing a lot of different Advent songs preparing for Christmas, preparing for the coming of Christ. And probably the most famous of these is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We sang a pretty upbeat version of that song last week. Now, Emmanuel means God with us. And so that hymn is a song of, of desperate longing for God to come and be with us. It captures the season of Advent perfectly. And it also captures the time period leading up to the birth of Christ perfectly as well. Now, in the first uh, Star Wars movies to come out, we learn that the Jedi, these powerful warriors who, who protect the galaxy from evil and corruption, have apparently gone dormant. Very few of them are still around, and they aren't active in any meaningful sense. Well, in a very similar way, from the time of Malachi to John the Baptist, the word of God seemed to have gone dormant. The sun had gone down on the prophets, and uh, this time leading up to the birth of Christ has since come to be known as the 400 years of silence. There were no prophecies, there were no oracles from God, and the, the people of Israel were starving for God's word. And they were aching for his Messiah to come. Well, little did they know they would get both of these things in one man. You see, during this time, God was rearranging the, the scenes of history, like a stage crew rearranges the stage after the curtain has fallen. So that when the time comes for the curtain to rise again, everything will be in place. God was orchestrating this period of silence so that when his son was born into the world in the fullness of time, his arrival would come like a trumpet blasting into a silent room or like an angel choir appearing out of nowhere in the middle of a still and silent night. In fact, if I remember right, that's exactly what happened as the angels announced that Jesus has become God with us in his birth. And so Mary and Joseph and the shepherds become the first to witness that after this long silence, God is back. 
and like never before. Well, kind of like once before. There had been a time where God had walked among his people, had talked with them face to face, had passed time together with them in the cool of the day. It was perfection in every way, unity and intimacy with the creator of the universe, between God and us. But we ruined that, and we lost all of it with our sin. And like C-3PO, we began to realize that without Jesus... Okay, I kind of had to get that in there. He says that line like 500 times in those three movies. We're doomed. I mean, he's, he's quite a pessimist, but, but really, without Jesus, we are doomed. Absolutely, eternally doomed. But now Jesus has come to be Emmanuel and to restore Emmanuel, to be God with us and to restore God to us and us to God. That work began in, in that dirty manger that one night. And it was finished on the cross. Jesus is God with us, not only in his birth, but also in his death and resurrection. Last week, we talked about how Jesus went to war with our greatest enemy and fought to the death as the empire struck back and took his life. There on Calvary, Jesus confronted Satan and conquered him in the fight. It was the final climactic scene in the story, the drama of redemption. And Jesus could well have said to Satan what Luke Skywalker says when he meets the emperor. Soon I'll be dead, and you with me. <laughs> he didn't laugh for long, neither did Satan. See, while Luke ended up not dying in that final climactic scene, not dying in the ultimate fight, Jesus did. In the eyes of the world and in the eyes of Satan, Jesus' compassion for us was his undoing. Our sins provided the nails, but our sins actually weren't what held Jesus there. I used to think they were, but, but I've since decided I was wrong about that. Because Jesus had the power to come down, to leave our sins there, and to leave their power over us intact. But he didn't. Jesus went through with everything for us. It wasn't our sins that held him there so much as it was his love for us. He went through everything, <laughs> refusing to save himself so that he might save us. And as he did that, Jesus knew that no one, literally no one, would come to his aid. You know, in that climactic scene in Return of the Jedi, Luke overpowers Darth Vader, whom he now knows to be his father, and uh, the emperor tells him to finish him off. But Luke will not, refusing to turn to the dark side, and so the emperor decides that he must destroy Luke using force lightning, this, this hugely powerful weapon that, that somehow Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda both failed to ever even mention to Luke. And so there Luke is, writhing in pain, knowing that the end is near. Unlike Jesus, he knows he does not have the power to make it stop. But like Jesus, he cries out to his father. On the cross, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why 
have you forsaken me? At first, it appears that Luke's cry for help has also fallen on deaf ears. But then something incredible happens. dark, uh, figuratively and literally, I guess. But, you know, ironically, in this scene, it's not so much Luke, but Darth Vader, who, who best illustrates the price that Jesus paid for us. Luke lives, but Vader, and now Anakin Skywalker again, does not. Coming into contact with the Emperor's Force Lightning has short-circuited his breathing apparatus, and Destroying the emperor cost him his life. Engaging in hand-to-hand combat with the source of ultimate evil tends to do that to a person. Jesus engaged in hands-to-cross combat with Satan. And it costs him his life. As the forces of evil do what they will with Luke, he cries out to his father for help and receives it. As the forces of evil do what they do, do what they will with Jesus on the cross, he cries out to his father, but does not receive help. Darth Vader rescues his son and destroys the emperor. But if God the Father had rescued his son and destroyed Satan in any other way, he would have had to destroy us too. So instead, he leaves his son to die helpless and alone. But we know that now that son is neither helpless nor alone, nor is he dead. For God has raised him up from the grave. And now he is seated at the right hand of the Father Almighty, given all power in heaven and on earth. And because Jesus rose, so will we. Jesus is God with us in his death and resurrection, and so we are with him, united with him through baptism in his death and his resurrection. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 that in our baptism we were buried with Christ in his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so this also means that Jesus is God with us now. Last week we talked about our our spiritual battle that we fight against the the spiritual forces of evil. How we still battle against Satan and and against sin in our own hearts and our own lives. God is with us in that. Bringing about his victory over sin and Satan in us each and every day through the power of his Holy Spirit. Each day he forgives us and he strengthens us to overcome temptation 
And each day he reminds us in the words of a reading from the book of Isaiah that we use often during the season of Advent. He reminds us that our warfare is ended. Our warfare is over. Our iniquity is pardoned. You know, the war has been fought and won in Christ. The wars in Star Wars finally come to an end in Return of the Jedi. Although apparently they'll be starting up again on Friday when the the new movie is released. But your warfare is over forever. The death and resurrection of Jesus have saved you and united you to God again. If even the worst of sinners can be redeemed, like the Apostle Paul or like Darth Vader, then certainly God's love has covered you in forgiveness. Your warfare is over. So if our warfare is over, why do we still have this this daily battle that that rages on? Well, consider Hiro Onoda, which sounds like a name that you would find in Star Wars, but he was actually an officer in the Japanese army in World War II. But he did not surrender until March of 1974, almost 30 years after the war had ended. He never believed that that the end of his glorious nation's cause had truly come until he was relieved of his command by his superior officer in 1974. In Star Wars, after the first Death Star is destroyed in the first movie, the Empire keeps trying. And by all appearances, it looks like they're going to win after all. You know, Satan has already been defeated by Christ's death and resurrection. But he hasn't given up. He keeps trying to take God's people down with him. And oftentimes it looks like he's winning, doesn't it? You know, when Luke meets the emperor in Return of the Jedi, he learns that that the emperor had organized a trap in order to destroy the entire rebel fleet. And he says to Luke, There is no escape, my young apprentice. The alliance will die. How many times have different prognosticators predicted the end of the church? I mean, today is certainly no exception. By all appearances, it looks like Satan is winning. But you and I know that he's already lost. And the day is coming soon when his defeat will be fully realized once and for all. Because Jesus is God with us now, and he will soon be God with us again. He is here with us now, but he's not here yet like he will be. As Jesus himself said when he was testifying before the high priest, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And when he comes, he will bring full restoration. The Lord himself will be in our midst and he will restore our fortunes Before our eyes, the Lord says to us through Zephaniah, everything we have lost will be given back abundantly. Isaiah says we will receive from the Lord's hand double for all our sins when the glory of the Lord is revealed. Given by grace twofold whatever our sins had caused to be taken away. The church will be restored to Christ Jesus wins his bride forever, just like Han Solo gets the girl in the end. 
And not only are we restored to God, but we're also restored to one another in, in a grand reunion with those whom we had lost. Just for once, let me look on you with my own eyes. We will look upon one another with our own eyes and upon our God. You know, as, as Job has written, after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. You know, once again, we will talk with God face to face in the cool of the day, wrapped in his love and united with him and his people, restored to those we love who have gone before us. I couldn't help be reminded of this as I watched the, the closing scene of, of this famous trilogy. Now, that wasn't exactly how that closing scene appeared in the theatrical version. Uh, George Lucas changed the actor who played Anakin in in the original films to Hayden Christensen, the the younger Anakin from episodes two and three. Now, Star Wars purists don't like this, uh, including my wife. She mentioned that to me as I put that clip in. They don't like the, the way that George Lucas changed this. But I think it's fantastic, at least for our sermon today. Because in our resurrection from the dead, we will be fully restored, made right and new again. And all of the effects of sin and death will be wiped away from us forever. Now, if George Lucas had had these three honorable Jedis come back in in bodily form instead of just some ghostly spiritual sense, then it would really illustrate the restoration coming to us. Because we will be restored not just in spirit, but in body as well. What a restoration and reunion that will be. All of this is cause for celebration. In the book of Revelation, we're given this beautiful picture of the eternal celebration that will accompany the full and final coming of our King. John writes this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Palm branches were symbols of victory in the ancient world. They would be be waved in, in parades and in military triumphs to celebrate the full defeat of the enemy. Because when the enemy is defeated, it is cause for celebration. (laughs) 
Lots of night scenes today, kind of hard to see some of that. But basically, there was a, a rebel pilot, and he was kind of dancing, kind of like I dance, like this. And there were little teddy bears. I don't know what those things were. And the point is, there's this grand celebration when the enemy is defeated. Now, the final and eternal celebration when Jesus comes back is coming soon and very soon. So, are you ready? You know, Paul says a little bit later in Romans, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. Are you ready? Are you preparing to receive Jesus? I read a quote this past week that I thought was fantastic, and I wanted to share that with you today. The church prepares to receive Jesus when he comes again by receiving him as he comes now. Are you receiving Jesus as he comes now through his word and sacraments? Are you spending time in the scriptures? Are you living out the baptismal life of daily repentance, striving to be faithful and fruitful in everything you do? Are you regularly receiving the body and blood of your Lord and Savior as we get the opportunity to do today, to receive his forgiveness? You know, are you coming before God in prayer on a regular basis? All of these things draw us closer to Christ and prepare us for that last day as it draws nearer and nearer. And really, if we're doing it, if we're doing these things, I think they help us to become excited for Jesus' return. You know, you may find this hard to believe, but at our house, whenever we, uh, we do an activity or, or watch a movie or listen to a song or read a book that our son Ethan really, really loves, he never asks us to do it again. You believe me? It's true. He never asks us to do it again. He asks us to do it again, 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 again. And that's usually accompanied by him jumping up and down kind of like a crazy person. That's how excited we should be about Jesus' return. He has come among us once and sealed our salvation by his blood. And he's promised to come again and to bring us that salvation once and for all. Are you aching for Messiah to come? You know, right now, God is setting up this period of time so that when his son bursts forth, he will come like a trumpet blasting into a silent room. Actually, he will come with a trumpet blast that will shake the earth and stir our hearts. Until then, our hearts should constantly be saying, again, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. So next week, uh, join us, please, for our Connect Christmas celebration. Uh, We have a lot of good music. Uh, We'll share this year's video, and we'll be reflecting on God's word together, both the written word and Jesus Christ, the incarnate word. The theme will be the church awakens. So until then, may the peace of God, which transcends our understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, what a gift your Son is to us. Prepare our hearts as we uh, look forward to Christmas in less than a couple weeks. 
as celebrating the incarnation of, of your son among us. But even more than that, Lord, prepare our hearts for his coming again, for he has promised that that is coming soon. May we be ready for him every day. May we look forward to that with excitement and with hope. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.